0: The White House is blaming the government of Syria for the deadliest chemical weapons attack in years. But will that change President Trump's calculus that Syrian President Bashar al-Assad may be a better ally than he is an enemy? And Trump is not on the ballot in the small town of Bolingbroke, Illinois, but he might as well be. It's Wednesday, April 5th. And thank you for coming on. I know it's late there.
2: It's been a long day.
0: Anne Bernard is a reporter based in Beirut. I called her last night. What happened today in Syria?
2: So Tuesday morning, several airstrikes happened in this town of Khan Sheikhoun. And people started to rush to the rescue. And some of the people in the area, who, either who were rushing to help, who had been uh, nearby the explosion, started to feel ill and started to collapse or have trouble breathing or to feel their eyes uh, stinging. There were children lying in the street. They realized there was a chemical involved, so They started in almost a haphazard way, trying to spray the people down. They didn't really have the proper equipment and get them to hospitals. That was even more difficult because uh, the main hospital in the area had been bombed just two days before. So all these people were being scattered to small clinics around the area. Then one of those was hit by a subsequent airstrike. Many
3: hospitals are not unable to treat these patients because they've been totally taken out of action and destroyed. We don't know where
2: we're gonna send these patients down. Huh? So it was really chaotic.
0: What makes you think that this was a toxin used in this attack?
2: Well, the dead and those who were sickened don't have any visible signs of injury. They're lying there as if they're asleep. And the people that are being treated in the hospital, some of them are foaming at the mouth. People were struggling to get their breath. This patient behind me has got pinpoint people. Some of them have their pupils shrunk to the size of a pencil point. Which I will show you the evidence again and again, but you know what? The world doesn't care and no one is doing anything. Of course, nobody knows exactly what agent was used, but the symptoms are similar to those uh, from nerve agents. And they look very similar to the victims in that big attack in 2013.
0: So do we know who's responsible for this attack?
2: Well, we can't say for certain, but Mm -hmm. the rebels, the insurgents don't have airplanes. So the strong indication is that these are airstrikes by the Syrian government.
0: By the government of Assad. Right. Okay, so I want to step pretty far back for just a minute. If we think this was an attack by the government of President Assad, and you've made clear that we don't entirely know that, but it's believed— why would Assad use chemical weapons to attack people inside his own country?
2: Well, you have to step back pretty far in the Syrian conflict mm-hmm. since the beginning.
0: And when and when, when was the beginning? Uh,
2: the protest started in March 2011, okay. right around the time that the Arab Spring or the Arab revolts, as we've heard it called, were taking place around the region. Mm-hmm. So people came out in the street. Should I tell you how it began? Please. I mean, some kids in Daraa in southern Syria, scrawled some graffiti on the wall, suggesting that Assad's turn was next. He would be the next Arab leader to step down. And those kids were arrested and tortured. And people started to protest. And the protests grew. And the security forces fired on protesters.
1: Anger in Syria on Saturday as protesters regroup following a huge crackdown by security forces.
2: And protests grew some more. And there are reports of at least a dozen more people being shot dead by security forces. Tens of thousands and eventually hundreds of thousands of people were arrested. Just mm-hmm. Many of them were only peaceful or political protesters, not accused of any violence. And eventually, people took up arms against the government. And the escalation just kept happening. Mm -hmm. It seemed incredible at the time that artillery was being used against a neighborhood. Next thing we knew, helicopters were being used to drop bombs on the Damascus suburbs. The capital shelling its own suburbs. Mm. And you thought this was unthinkable. And then airplanes started to be used. Then in 2013,
0: CNN has obtained videos that were shown on Thursday to members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. There was
2: a huge chemical attack in the suburbs of Damascus.
0: uh, They show the victims of a chemical weapons attack, and according to intelligence officials, it is specifically a sarin gas attacks.
2: More than a thousand people. I think the number finally was 1,466 people were killed in those attacks.
0: Some of the images in these videos, in fact, all of the images in these videos uh, are disturbing. But we are showing them to you because the nation is about to make a very momentous decision. Which
2: the U.S. government and its allies blamed on Assad. His government said they didn't do it. They said the rebels did it to themselves. So as this has unfolded, we've seen step by step, a government that appears to be willing to use almost any form of force against its people. So in that context, it doesn't seem so crazy to imagine the use of chemical weapons.
0: And it feels like the U.S. has played a really complicated role in
2: that. That's right. Early in the conflict, almost in an aside, in a public statement, President Obama said that if the government used chemical weapons against its people, that would be a red line.
4: A red line for us is we start seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moving around or being utilized. Uh, That would change my calculus. That would change my equation.
2: And so when this attack happened in August 2013, and well over a thousand people were killed by chemical weapons, Syrians opposed to Assad were expecting that there would be some form of military retaliation against him.
5: This attack is an assault on human dignity. It also presents a serious danger to our national security.
0: What exactly did Barack Obama do as president? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs has informed me that we are prepared to strike
2: whenever we choose. Well, this is the moment. And I'm prepared to give that order. That critics of Obama's policy will say led to today. But. The red line was not enforced. And the perception is that, therefore, Damascus concluded that they could pretty much do anything they wanted and that they could continue to carpet bomb civilians and bomb hospitals and schools and use whatever weapons they wanted.
0: What had our new president, Donald Trump, said about this? You know, Assad, chemical weapons, his entire... You're in Beirut, I should remind people, and...
2: Right. Sorry.
0: No. It's life. So what I was asking was, what has President Trump before Tuesday said about Assad and his whole approach to this conflict?
2: Well, President Trump, ever since the campaign, has said that we really shouldn't be worrying about President Assad and how he treats his people. Our only concern should be ISIS and defeating ISIS.
4: I believe we have to get ISIS.
2: Uh, The Islamic State group. Mm -hmm.
4: Right now, Syria is fighting ISIS. We have people that want to fight both at the same time.
2: And he's even suggested that maybe Assad could be an ally against ISIS. Now, even the Obama administration began to back away from the idea of ousting President Assad and focused instead on combating ISIS. But ISIS is not the people who are in the area where this bomb happened today.
0: But ISIS is in Syria.
2: Yes, ISIS is in Syria, primarily in eastern uh, areas. But this is in a town called Khan Sheikhoun in northwestern Syria. Uh, It's held not by ISIS, but by the insurgents that are fighting President Bashar al-Assad, including Qaeda-linked groups, but also including a lot of other local rebel groups, some of which have been supported by the U.S. and its allies.
0: Is there any plausible justification here that these are dangerous groups, a threat to Syria, a threat to the United States, to the broader world, and that the threat might be justification for the kinds of tactics being used?
2: Well, not if you believe in any kind of international humanitarian law or limits on how war is conducted. No matter who you're fighting, it's illegal to use chemical weapons. And the question that the world is facing now is, in an age when there's such an extreme fear of Islamic terrorism, is the world ready to accept almost literally any kind of tactic to defeat those groups? Or even even worse, is it willing to tolerate a leader who fights his own people just using the excuse that he's fighting terrorism? Are we really okay with that?
0: And just this past Friday, Members of the Trump administration, including the ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, really emphasized that ousting Assad is not a priority.
4: U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley said today that it is no longer the administration's priority to remove leader Assad from office
5: in Syria. Now, ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley said, quote, our priority is no longer to sit there and focus on getting Assad out.
0: And that the main goal is to fight the Islamic State, Islamic terrorism, as you've pointed out. So what is the Trump administration saying now following these attacks?
2: Well, they just came out with a statement saying that these attacks are reprehensible, blaming them on Mr. Assad's government. So it'll be interesting to see how they square that circle, because um, on the one hand, they've been making clear that that they are far more comfortable with mm-hmm. this government staying in power even than the Obama administration was, and that they're willing to work with Russia and with Assad, perhaps, to fight ISIS. So I don't know where Donald Trump is going to go with this.
0: And thank you very much. I know it's late there. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks a lot. Thanks for being interested.
0: We'll be right back.
5: Wells Fargo is proud to be by the side of women and diverse small business owners leading the way to recovery. Their drive to pivot their business is showing others the way. Wells Fargo is donating roughly $420 million in grants through the Open for Business Fund that provides support to nonprofit organizations that support small businesses impacted by COVID-19. Find out more at wellsfargo.com slash together
3: think that Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth want to get involved in this election? Are they trying to punish
4: you? Are they trying to punish punish somebody that was involved with Trump and show them that uh, the anti-Trump movement is not going away, and we're going to punish you and show you to the rest of the world.
0: In the small town of Bolingbroke, Illinois, 30 miles outside of Chicago, national politics have intruded on what has long been a sleepy, small-town race for mayor. So long that the same man, Roger Clare, has held the office for more than three decades.
3: He's 71 years old. He is a
0: native of Bolingbroke. Julie Bosman covers the Midwest for the Times and went to Bolingbroke.
3: He's really been kind of an unquestioned political force in Bolingbroke.
0: It sounds like he runs and wins every time.
3: He runs and wins, and no one in recent memory has put up even a remotely credible challenge to Mayor Claire.
0: This year is different.
4: I'm not naive, but I was a little surprised at the outburst of interest outside of Bolingbroke over this race. And then, of course, it settled in. Ah, there are people that want to see me put on a stake and start the fire and Protisserize me for my actions last November or September actually.
0: So Julie, what happened in September of 2016?
3: So last September, Donald Trump was the Republican nominee for president, Mm -hmm. and he came to the Chicago area to raise some money. Now, previous presidential candidates would have big glitzy fundraisers, hello Chicago in downtown Chicago. So it was notable and a little weird that when Trump came here last fall, he went to Brook. I got the call. He went to Bolingbrook um, for an event at the Bolingbrook Golf Club.
4: Would the club be able to handle it because the people weren't sure they heard about the golf club?
3: Which is the big, lavish golf course that
0: Roger Clare had built.
4: So simply, is it available? I called and said it is, and I said, well, we'd like to come out there. I said, fine.
0: What was the reaction to this fundraiser?
3: So some people probably thought it was great because there certainly are plenty of Trump supporters in Bolingbroke. But Bolingbroke has really changed over the last few decades since Roger Clare has been in charge. Trump, Trump,
4: Trump, Trump, Trump. This despicable person, this con man who plays to racists, bigots and haters. Man, I know you and you're better than this.
3: You know, when it was first founded back in the 60s, it was probably almost all white. And now it has a pretty sizable African-American population, Latino population. It has two mosques, so there are a lot of Muslims in Bolingbrook.
4: This is a very diverse community out here, and they went to Claire and asked him not to invite Trump out here.
3: We talked to one man, African-American man, who said... I really feel like the mayor wasn't being aware of everybody's feelings when he did this.
4: And he just snubbed his nose and invited him anyway.
2: The way he talks about minorities, people get insulted by Donald Trump. And when they realize that, yeah, that was the mayor that brought him here, That definitely turns their head to think, hmm, maybe
3: I had to look at a few other things. One of the people who was really angry um, was Jackie Trenier. She is a native of Bolingbrook. She is a labor organizer. And she decided that she was going to run against Roger Clare because she was so angry about the fact that he brought Donald Trump to Bolingbrook.
0: So all of a sudden, Mayor Clare has an opponent.
3: Yes, and he really did not see this coming. He didn't think that this would backfire.
0: I'm disappointed that some people will
4: take that one thing after 31 years of service and say, that's it.
3: So when Jackie decided to run, she very quickly had endorsements from Dick Durbin, the U.S. senator here, from Tammy Duckworth, powerful Democrats in the state who would normally not be interested in getting involved in a village mayoral election. But here they are, which is very unusual.
4: This village in 53 years has always had nonpartisan races. People have asked me, why don't you go out and get some Republican endorsements? I said, no, because there's no such thing as a Republican or Democratic pothole. I don't want some highly elected Republican official in Springfield or Washington calling me, asking me, you owe me. I helped you in your last
0: race.
3: You know, he has a point there that this is not an election that was usually about who's a Republican and who's a Democrat.
0: I wonder, Julie, if you've met anyone who says that 30 years of governing, you know, shouldn't be tossed aside or forgotten over a single luncheon fundraiser.
3: Absolutely, I mean, there are a ton of people who said, look, Roger has done great things for us.
1: I've always been very proud to say that I live in Bolingbrook and that Roger Clear is a mayor.
0: Terry Wintermute is a volunteer for the mayor's reelection campaign, and I reached her at his headquarters.
1: You know, when we started in 1985, there wasn't a grocery store in Bolingbroke, but there was one very small one. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't buy a pair of shoes in Bolingbrook at that point in time.
3: And he brought a ton of businesses. He brought retail. He has built bigger and better houses. You know, he's encouraged diversity.
0: Do you think it's fair that he's being judged on that one day over 31 years in office?
1: don't think it's fair. I would say to people, I mean, kind of the phrase, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, I myself was not a Trump fan, Mm -hmm. but I can't turn my back on all those fantastic, well-thought-out, planned things that Mayor Clare has done for the village. So I don't see what national politics has to do with this race at all.
0: It is going to be a long while until... We have our next round of big elections in the United States. What does this small race in a small town in Illinois tell us, you think, about what elections all over the country might look like with Trump as our president now?
3: I think what you have here is a lot of people who just want to make a statement and at least explain in one vote how they feel about the president and his allies.
4: There's some things I want to finish. I enjoy the job. I've talked to a lot of people retired, and they say, if you don't have a game plan, don't quit. So I don't have a game plan. I don't have any hobbies. My hobby is uh, government.
0: On Tuesday, the residents of Bolingbroke voted for their next mayor. It remains extremely close. As of this morning, Mayor Roger Claret was up by just about 100 votes out of more than 12,000 ballots cast. Here's what else you need to know today. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has ordered a sweeping review of dozens of federal agreements with local police departments designed to improve relations between officers and the communities they
5: serve. Fortunately, in recent years, law enforcement as a whole, I think, has been unfairly maligned and blamed for unacceptable
0: deeds of a few bad actors. And... The NCAA said it would lift its ban on holding major sporting events in North Carolina after the state rolled back a controversial law that required transgender people to use the bathroom that corresponds to the gender on their birth certificate. But the NCAA said it was doing so, quote, reluctantly. The repeal did not go far enough for many LGBTQ advocates. It lifted the ban but did not allow local anti-discrimination laws to be passed until 2020. It continues to say to vibrant cities and towns across the state of North Carolina that they can't protect their most vulnerable LGBT citizens with vital non-discrimination protections for four years. That's a very long time. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow.